When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to a special hot take reaction episode of the No Huddle Show. I'm Joe Giglio, joined, as always, here on these Tuesdays by Elliot Shore Parks, Matt Lombardo. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. They were up at MetLife Stadium on Sunday to watch the Eagles escape over the two-win Giants in a game I think was closer than many thought it would be. I mean, not everyone. I think Elliot had a close score. But it was a high-scoring game. It was a close game. The Eagles have clinched at least a bye. They go now this week for home field advantage. That's the good. Nick Foles played well. That's the great. The defense didn't. That's the worry. We'll talk about it. Take your reaction, emails, tweets. Uh, Elliot, to start with you, and before we get into this, are, are you all right? I, I know uh, you had a, a personal issue before the show here today. Let, let's uh, make sure things okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Um, I, I dropped my iPhone today, and the screen cracked. So, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so... It's pretty bad, guys. I mean, I know Eagles fans are upset about Wentz, but he'll heal. Um, my iPhone screen, I have to get it fixed. So, That's going to hurt the hot takes. We're, yeah, we're going to have well, to, you know, get some reserve hot takes going. Here. <laughs> Joe and I are going to have to pick up the slack on Twitter. Yeah, I'm skeptical if you guys will be able to do that. Um, so needless to say, I'm going to have to get it fixed today. But So if I sound distracted, that's why. Um, if you guys, you know, want to just keep me in your prayers, I'd appreciate it. Bigger concern, Elliot, as we as we jump into this. Right now for you, bigger concern, your iPhone screen or the Eagles defense? So you have 500 yards to a Giants team that really for, I mean, weeks at a time couldn't move the football this season. Well, put it this way. If I didn't have to pay to get my screen cracked and it meant the Eagles wouldn't win a playoff game, I would not pay to get my, my screen <laughs> cracked. <laughs> so, no. Um, all right. We can talk about the team now. I'm ready to move on. It'll distract me for a little while. All right. Good. Um, Matt? The game Sunday. I know you guys did the reaction podcast. There's been a lot of talk the last couple of days. The theme of this show is different than I think we thought it would be because all last week it was our right, Nick Foles first start. Is Doug going to ease him in? All that kind of stuff. Foles was fine. I mean, he was more than fine. We'll get to him and his performance. It's the defense everyone's been talking about for a couple of days now because not only did they give up points and yardage, I mean, 500 yards is a pretty gigantic number. I think it was the second most yards Eli Manning has ever thrown for in a career that's going to land on the doorstep, at least to the Hall of Fame. I mean, and Eli hasn't been good for a few years now. What do, what do you feel in a couple days out after that performance? Was that just a bad day, or is there reason to worry here? Well, I think, Joe, you can look at this on either side. The positive side of the ledger, if you want to be Mr. Warm and Fuzzy, which you know I am not, but the Warm and Fuzzy take on this is it was the third straight road game, it was a division win, and Eagles-Giants games are always close, and Eli threw for 400 yards in week three, and this is just the way Eagles-Giants games go year over year, but fine, we'll put that on the shelf. My take, my own opinion on what happened, 
I think we're seeing an Eagles defense starting to leak oil, and I don't really know why. I think the secondary overplayed a lot of people's expectations through the first 10 or 11 weeks of the year. I mean, you look at what they were doing um, when Ronald Darby was out and what you saw from Jalen Mills playing at about a Pro Bowl level. Eli targeted both Darby and Jalen Mills and had a lot of success against both of them on Sunday afternoon. You look at what's going on since Seattle when you've played a playoff caliber team like the Seahawks, a playoff caliber team like the Rams, and a Giants team that entered Sunday as the number 31 ranked offense in the NFL. You can't be giving up 29 points, 30 points week over week and expect to be successful in the playoffs. I think part of it comes into effect that you didn't get a pass rush against Eli Manning, but not many quarterbacks outside of Manning and maybe Matt Ryan get rid of the ball as quickly as he does. But bigger picture, I think that the Eagles got good enough quarterback play from Nick Foles to win at least one playoff game. But as I said after the game, and I still feel this way, if the defense plays the way it has the last three weeks, it wouldn't matter if Joe Montana in his prime, Tom Brady or Carson Wentz were the quarterback. You're not beating the playoff caliber teams in the NFC with defense like that. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, watching the game live, I will say I left the game like immediately walking down to the locker room. My initial reaction was that I felt less positive this team was going to win a playoff game than I did before the game started. Um, and, you know, Doug said to the players after the team, uh, said to the team after the game, they have to play better if they want in the playoffs. So it's something they know. Um, I think reaction from the game, though, has been I've been surprised. I mean, people seem very positive about Foles. And obviously, with this four, you know, with four touchdowns and zero interceptions, you could say he had a good game. But to me, just the eye tests of watching him, I didn't think he looked like a quarterback ready to win a playoff game. Um, I think he's going to have to play better come playoff time if the Eagles, you know, are going to be competitive in a game. Um, as for the defense, it's an issue. I mean, you know, all season we've kind of talked about how this defense has been really good, but we also said that once they start playing good quarterbacks, we're going to really find out. And it just so happens that it coincides with the injury to Wentz. But even if Wentz was in that game, I mean, you know, they played Russell Wilson and didn't do well. They played Matt's boy, Jared Goff, and didn't do that great. And then they made Eli Manning look like a Hall of Famer when he hadn't scored more than 12 points in his last three starts. So um, I disagree a little bit with, with Matt when I say when he says that, you know, they have to improve. They're not going to win a playoff game. Um, you know, you never know, but I do think on both sides of the ball on Sunday, I didn't see a team that looked like they were, they were going to be able to advance in the postseason. but I don't think it's solely because of the defense. And real quick guys, before we jump ahead, um, just want to throw this out. There was reading a a story from the Washington post this morning and the, the analysis is, and it's pretty basic analysis that the Eagles defense's struggles are coming at exactly the wrong time. Interesting stat within the story though, from the start of the year through week 12, the Eagles were giving up 1.4 points per drive, which was the third best in the NFL over that span. And 43% of their drives where they were on the field, the offense, went three and out but against the Seahawks in week 13 two and a half points per drive the Rams scored 2.3 points per drive and as Elliot pointed out the Giants scored 29 points this is a trend this isn't just we woke up on Sunday and we watched the defense you know get torched by a quarterback who has seen success against this team at times throughout his career including earlier in the season this is a bad trend for this team and I don't know whether it's the pass rush not getting home I don't know whether it's the secondary reverting back to the mean I don't know if they need to be more aggressive on the outside and 
play press coverage rather than some of the off-man looks we saw them give the Giants receivers. But this isn't just a one-game trend. This has been going on ever since Seattle. And you're not going to be playing an offense in the playoffs that hasn't scored 12 or more points more than once or twice this season like the Giants were. There are really capable quarterbacks and really capable offenses in the NFC. And oh, by the way, most of these playoff teams have elite defenses too. So it's going to be it's going to be a rough road unless Jim Schwartz and company can figure this out. I also think one thing we need to revisit before we get into the uh, the questions from the readers and stuff is Ronald Darby. Um, he's been really, really bad since he came back. I mean, you know, when they traded for him in, in training camp, he was supposed to be not a number one corner, but, you know, a better cornerback than what they had. And over the past five weeks, according to Pro Football Focus, since he came back against Dallas, and he had a good game against Dallas. Really so good not, game against Dallas, right, yeah. Right, it was probably his best game in the Eagles uniform. But in the last five games, so over the last five weeks, only two cornerbacks have allowed more yards receiving than Darby, and only one cornerback has allowed more than the 24 catches Darby's let up. And, you know, even though they're playing good good uh, quarterbacks, he's not exactly playing elite receivers. I mean, Des is probably the be- Des Bryant's probably the best receiver he's lined up against, and he did well against him. But Cooper Cup, who's a rookie, and you know, it has been doing well. He lit Darby up. Um, whoever the Giants were lining up a receiver last Sunday, they, I mean, I think Darby let up like 160 something yards uh, in in receptions last week. So it's a major issue, and you know, we don't ha- we can talk about this after the season, but. You know, everyone's saying that Howie won that trade for Jordan Matthews in the third round pick for Darby. And I understand that Aguilar has stepped in and replaced Matthews production. But you already had Aguilar on the team. The bigger loss is the third round pick. Well, I don't don't, don't think I mean, yeah, Matthews was essentially a throw in. But I look at at the third round pick. That's going to be the bigger issue. Joe, I know usually you usually ask the questions, but I want to kind of flip the script here for just one second. Mm -hmm. Let's just look back at the quarterbacks and teams the Eagles have played ever since that game against Carolina. Kirk Cousins with a receiving core that hasn't stepped up. Um, you had a backup quarterback, C.J. Bethard, and no real threats at the receiver spot for the 49ers. You had Brock Osweiler and an offense that couldn't get out of its own way. Dak Prescott and Tez Bryant. And then you had Mitchell Trubisky and a cast of characters at wide receiver that I don't even know that I can name one or two receivers or one or two players on that offense other than Jordan Howard. Was the play of the secondary a byproduct of the poor quarterbacks they faced? And maybe we all just got too excited because of what the offense was doing and the fact that they could take care of business against good quarterbacks. And then you go on the road against Russell Wilson, on the road against Jared Goff, and on the road against Eli Manning. Did we just kind of get overexcited and and overcompensate the praise and the positive feelings for the secondary and the defense because of who they played? And maybe this is what they are? Or do we think they're just going through a bad stretch? It's a good question. You know, I think it's probably more of a bad stretch, though. I do think we overrated them because of the way some of those games went. Like they just got out of hand and they were just I mean, they were putting the defensive touchdowns up. And the other teams were inept for whatever, for whatever reason, those particular weeks. Like, I don't think this is an all. There were some stats. I mean, you guys saw them and wrote about them during the season where they were they were performing like an all time great defense, especially against the run. I think more of that was. They were good against the run, very good, but they were also up because how good their offense was. So yep. No one was running the football on them. So I think we maybe, you know, I think we jumped the gun. I think when this year ends, they're probably going to finish. You know, I don't know what this next two games are going to be, you know, but I would some, say somewhere in the top 10. And I think we all probably would, before the season would have said that's probably where they could finish if they yep. play well. It's just it's a it's a weird way they got there. Dominance for all November. Now they're struggling 
it's just the, and I look, I don't have the answer to this. I don't think you guys have either. Can they write themselves to go back to just some sort of level where they can win in the playoffs or did they have a high high and now are they going to crash? I don't have the answer, but I think that we probably overrated them a little belly. Do you agree with that? It's a tough question because on one hand, there's only how many good quarterbacks in the league. I mean, like eight or nine. So I think a lot of the defenses you see around the league to put up the numbers they do, they are playing guys like Brock Osweiler and CJ Bethard and, yeah. and, you know, Mitch Trubisky. They are playing those type of guys every week. And the Eagles have, and they've dominated them. But, and I'm not tying this to Wentz, I'm just saying that I think we all agreed the defense was probably going to take a step back with Wentz out of lineup. Now, Foles played well against the Giants, so I don't think you can blame the defensive's the defense is poor showing. Um, and not to mention the Giants play. marched down the field on the opening drive. Right, exactly. Yeah. Could even take a snap. Right. Right. But I just think that in general, you were going to see this defense take a step back anyway, but simply because they were going to play better competition. And I thought just because Wentz was out. So I do think that um, I don't think we overrated them, but it was like me and we, we debated this last Tuesday on the podcast. Um, I forget if it was Joe or Matt. I think it might have been Matt that said, uh, you know, the defense is elite. And then, you know, we kind of debated that back and forth. And I said, I think it's a good defense, but I don't think they're one of those elite defenses that can carry you to a Super Bowl. And they're not. And I think they've shown that over the last two weeks, and they definitely showed it against the Giants. I mean, the thing that really can't be overstated enough when you, when you try to put this game in perspective is how bad the Giants are. I mean, like, no team has made the Giants look this good since – I don't know, we, you know, maybe at all this season. Maybe well, here, here's the thing. They haven't scored 30 or more points since Tom Coughlin was the head coach. So if right. they would have kicked the extra point rather than going for two on that one score, then the Eagles would have had that dubious distinction of being the first team to allow Eli Manning and the Giants to score 30 or more and since Ben McAdoo was the coach. Right, without Odell Beckham Jr. And that's where I think that everybody talks about the panic button and sounding alarms. I think that's why I'm sounding some alarms here about this defense because that was a really, really bad Giants team. This wasn't a fully healthy Giants team. This wasn't Eli Manning in his prime. I think he eventually gets in the Hall of Fame, but he has not played like a Hall of Fame quarterback since maybe 2011 and maybe even longer than that. So this was a shell of a Giants team and the Eagles defense. You know, there were it was lack of effort. There were missed tackles. There were miscommunications. There was poor secondary play. I mean, and my problem is. You're going to have the worst quarterback of any matchup in the playoffs. Your defense is going to be going up against some teams with some really good receivers or some really good running backs or both. And yes, playing at home is going to help this defense. I think having the crowd behind them is going to help. Being at home in general is going to give them a little bit of a boost and some time to rest after a three-game road road trip and all that. But I, I don't know. I mean, if this defense shows up the way it did, it's going to be a real tough road to hoe to win one, let alone two games to get to Minnesota. So here's the question I have about this defense, and we'll get all to the listener reaction, um, and whether it be Twitter or email, on, on the game on Sunday. I, I don't feel, Elliot, they're getting like blown off the ball or they can't cover guys. Like This is missed tackles. This is um, big plays that are, you know, like the Shepard play where he ran across the field and basically just ran away from everybody. And last week there were those plays. Cooper Cup, who's a good player and obviously having a really nice rookie year, but he's not. It's not exactly Odell Beckham running away and breaking tackles and getting away. It just feels like they can clean this up. It's not. I don't think teams have figured them out. I don't think they're getting blown off the ball. It's not like teams mm-hmm. are now running down their throat. I'm just con- confused at why. Like, why did a team go from so sound defensively to so not? Like, is, right. is there something, and Matt said it before, do you think there is something to they're just tired, the three straight road games? I mean, 
that's a trend in the NFL for years. You play three straight road games. That third one, a lot of times teams lose, even if they're really good. I mean, the, the problem is stay. they weren't good in the first two games either. That's the problem. It wasn't just a Sunday was not just an isolated incident. Well, it was kind I think of a microcosm of the last month. I think Sunday was the worst though. Sunday was the yeah. Sunday, Sunday was, was the, rock bottom. Yeah, you would hope definitely. at least. Um, but I think it's two things. One, um, I mean, look, Jim Schwartz. Maybe people are adjusting to his defense. Maybe it's just late in the season. People are realizing how to beat it. I will say Jim Schwartz playing his cornerbacks eight yards off the receiver all game and just allowing the Giants to think and dunk them all day and other teams to do it is not good. Um, so, I mean, that's not great. But I would also say that the Eagles' pass defense hasn't been very good all year. I don't think they've been ranked above 20th or at least, you know, maybe 19th all year in terms of passing yards allowed. Now, part of that was because they were losing so much. I'm sorry, they were winning by so much that other teams were just throwing all day. But, I mean, the cornerbacks were an issue coming in. Um, and, you know, the hard part is you don't want to completely just flip how you see this team, you know, from three weeks ago. But the reality is we have to just go off what we've seen over the last three weeks. And the cornerbacks have been really bad. Darby's been bad. Jalen Mills really struggled against the Giants. And that was a concern coming into the season. So, you know, I can't really a- answer the question of whether or not this is just what we always thought they were going to be. And now it just is what it is or if it's just a bad few weeks. But considering the fact that you're playing, you know, the better teams in the NFC and you're playing well, the Giants aren't. But, you know, you're playing better teams than you were at the beginning of the year, and now you're starting to see the struggles. I would tend to lean that maybe this is just who they are as opposed to, uh, you know, what we've seen. All right, let's get our first reaction here. I got, I got to take this one first. This one, uh, a listener that has never, I don't think, sent us an email, but we got one here. This is from Andrew Zuckerman. You guys are way too critical of the, of the Eagles for winning a division game on the road. Yes, they overall played lousy, but they won the game. It's not eking out close wins versus bad teams. That has been a recurring uh, theme all year. Plus, every team has a dud here or there. Patriots against the Dolphins. Then they beat the Steelers. Falcons over the Bucks. Jaguars lost to the Cardinals. This happens. How about that one, Elliot? Uh, Andrew Zuckerman. This Andrew Zuckerman guy sounds like a troll. I got to tell you that, first off. (laughs) He sounds like someone who knows how to push the buttons of the people on this uh, podcast. (laughs) Of course, if you guys didn't know, Andrew Zuckerman is the uh, esteemed producer of this podcast. I mean, look, Matt, you take that one first, actually. Go ahead. What, as far as, you know, that we were too critical of of, of the game? Is that kind of the general? Yeah, I I guess your post-game pod and and his – Point being, of course, that other teams have struggled with road games against bad teams. It does happen in the NFL. Yeah, I revert back to the Washington Post story that I was reading this morning. I mean, it's it's not an isolated trend. And I get it that the Seahawks and the Rams are cut above a lot of the teams the Eagles played. So you're probably going to you know, give up some more points and some longer drives. But the Giants aren't. The Giants were an inferior opponent that if if you're a championship caliber defense, you go out there and, and you prove it. And they didn't do that. And I kind of disagree a little bit on the previous point that they aren't getting beat and, and, and it's lack of effort and all these things. Uh, Cooper Cup ran, probably broke 14 tackles on that run against them, that catch and run for the 64-yard gain against the Rams. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I know it was probably a pick play. I think it was, what, a 66-yard touchdown from Sunday. Again, he broke four, five, six, seven tackles in the secondary. These guys, it's, it's, it looked almost like a lack of effort 
against the Giants. And I think that playing off the ball has hurt the defense. I don't know that we're overreacting until you see this team go out and do it and correct the mistakes that have dogged them for the last three games. I mean, three games in an NFL season is almost a quarter of the year. So this is a pretty significant portion of the season now where the defense has not played up to the level that it did earlier in the year. So I don't think that we're out of line to say that that's not good enough to be competitive against quality opponents. But again, they have two weeks to fix it, three weeks if you count the bye before you play, have to play a playoff game. So we'll see. And I mean, the, the thing I'll say is, yes, they did win the game. And I thought that it was going to be close. So for me to say the fact that it was close is concerning. I don't think, I, you know, it's not fair for me to say that because I do think the fact it was a third straight road game, the fact it was against a division opponent, the fact you're integrating Foles into the offense does impact all that. But the reality is this, is that the Eagles don't have Carson Wentz at quarterback anymore, so you have to look at this team completely different. I mean, before Foles played that game, everyone was saying, well, it'll be okay because the defense is going to step it up, and the guys around them have to step it up. And they didn't. And they didn't. I mean, you know, the receivers, I will say, I thought uh, Sunday was Alshon's best game in an Eagles uniform, even though it didn't show statistically. I just think some of the catches he made, the fact that he, you know, got so so much chemistry with Foles so quick, I thought you really saw – Alshon show off just his pure talent on Sunday. Zach Ertz broke a tackle for a third down, um, for a, to turn a third down into a first down. Nelson Aguilar made that great catch. So I do think on the offense you saw a guy step up, but the problem is when you had went to quarterback, and I think you guys would both agree with this. When you had went to quarterback, you always felt that the Eagles had a chance to win that game just because when you have a top five, top three type quarterback, anything's possible. You can say Foles played better than you thought. And I think, you know, he did. And people can say, oh, well, Foles is going to be okay. He's not a top five guy. The best we're talking about, like, you know, 25th or something like that. So the Eagles 15 guy. I I mean, if you just look at the rest of the debate right now, top 15, I mean, I I have him as the number 16 I have him as the number 16 quarterback in the quarterback power rankings this week, having played one game. And the names that are behind him, uh, in front of him, are Brady, Breeze, Stafford, Roethlisberger, Goff, Keenum, Ryan, Newton, Smith, Rodgers, Wilson, Garoppolo, Cousins, Rivers, Bortles, Prescott. Behind him are Eli, Derek Carr, Mariota, Dalton, Winston. Those are the yeah, four I mean, behind, four, five he didn't get behind. a starting job at the beginning of the season. And I understand that it's been now 14 or 15, I mean, 15 weeks or whatever. So things change and Keenum wasn't starting being the year. So I get that too. But regardless, I guess my point is this, is now that the outlook on the team just changes without Wentz. So I don't think we're panicking too much by saying that the defense was really bad when now, you know, the defense has to play better in order for this team to win. And they're showing absolutely no signs of doing that. They're not. Let's get to some reaction here uh, on Twitter. And I, I agree with you. Look, they won the game. They were down 20 to seven with Foles. That's probably not a yep. that's not a reliable way to go about things every week. It wasn't with Wentz, but at least with Wentz, I, I agree with you. You probably thought you had a better chance to do it if you were down. They did it last week. All right. This is an interesting one. Uh, Anthony emails us. The whole defense needs to learn how to tackle and play a clean game. This whole road trip. They haven't played their best. Here's the question. When Sidney Jones is healthy. Have him and Darby start and move Mills to safety. McLeod has been awful the last three games, which I agree with. He gives up a lot of big plays. Uh, Matt, let's just talk about the secondary here because yep. I think that's where the, the concern, I think, is of the most with this defense. You, you guys talked about Darby a little bit. I, it doesn't seem like there's any real push to make Sidney Jones play this year. But and, and now Robinson in concussion protocol. Just your thoughts on the secondary because they played over their head to start the season. Feels like they're coming back to earth a little bit here. Yeah, I think that 
two things. Number one, I think that we kind of overrated this secondary and that they did define all of expectations and outplay all the preseason expectations for mo- for much of the year. And just looking back on it, I think a lot of that had to you know come down to the fact that you were playing inferior quarterbacks with inferior wide receivers and you were protecting a lead so teams had to throw on you and you could blitz a little bit and you could really impact the game. Number two... I think they're in a little bit of trouble here because the book might be out unless they adjust their coverages and they play some tighter man coverage rather than some off zone. Sunday, Eli Manning, 9 of 15 for 164 yards and two touchdowns targeting Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. That's not good. Those are your top two cornerbacks and you're surrendering 164 yards and two scores. That's just not going to get it done. It's not going to work against Matt Ryan, who gets rid of the ball as quickly or quicker than Eli Manning does. It's not going to work against Goff. It's not going to work probably even against Case Keenum, who only had three passes hit the ground on Sunday against the Bengals. So I think the secondary is in a little bit of trouble. I don't think they're in any hurry to play Sidney Jones. And one more thing on um, the decision not to play Rasul Douglas on Sunday. That was Mm -hmm. just silly to play Brian Brayman, a special teamer over a defensive back. It was just silly. Put yourself at some real risk in terms of an injury. And now with Patrick Robinson in the concussion protocol, you're probably going to have to dress Rasul Douglas anyway this week. So I don't really understand the idea of keeping him down last Sunday. And I think you opened yourself up to a potential catastrophe late in the game had you suffered an injury and not really had a a quality cornerback. I know you could throw in Jalen Watkins, but I think anybody, you know, who covers this team and who's on that team would play Douglas over Watkins in that spot anyway. Yeah, it's interesting when when it comes to the jury being out, Elliot, on the secondary. Mm-hmm. You know that Giants offense has had some big games against the Eagles with uh, with Schwartz. They did it last December, even though the Eagles won that game. The early this season, the Giants moved the football. This one, you know, I think back to that offense. The Packers offense always had success versus Jim Schwartz. I mean, obviously that gets most of the credit is Aaron Rodgers, but the Giants offense is basically a, just a derivative of the Packers offense because McAdoo put it in. Like, is there a formula here? Like, did the Giants, even though they're bad, like Matt was just saying, kind of show teams this is how you attack the Eagles? Don't bother well, to run the ball, get the ball to the quarterback's hands fast, no huddle, like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some definitely some truth to that because the Giants did it back in week three when the Eagles. I don't. They did. They, they didn't sack Eli in week three. And off the top nope. of my head, did they sack him? They had yeah, one. they sacked him. I think right. Graham, Graham had one sack. Yeah, yep. they got him one. So, I mean, I think part of the reason that works is because one, Schwartz doesn't adjust and he won't move his cornerbacks up, which makes you know just picking picking them apart over the middle easy. But two, they don't have a great set of tackling cornerbacks. I mean, Jalen Mills was the beginning of the season, but he struggled tackling recently. And Darby's not a great tackler. Um, Patrick Robinson's decent, but he's in con- the concussion protocol. So, you know, who knows if he plays the- this upcoming Monday. Um, but I do think the blueprint is out because they other teams know that the Eagles' strength is their pass rush. And one way to neutralize that pass rush is to get it out quick. Now, not all quarterbacks are going to be able to do that. The issue is the quarterbacks you face in the playoffs probably will. So I wouldn't be surprised if come playoff time you see these quarterbacks that, let's be honest, are better than Eli Manning, have a better set of skill receivers. I mean, they gave up a lot of points on Sunday. It could have been worse. I mean, Ronald Darby got beat really badly. I think it was in the first quarter uh, by a double move, and Eli threw the ball. um, And had it been a better quarterback and a better receiver, it probably would have been a touchdown. Instead, it was just a completion for probably like 15 or 20 yards. But, I mean, come playoff time, you're going to see these better quarterbacks really start to pick apart this defense because they don't have the cornerbacks to, to make those tackles and turn, you know, a four or five-yard gain just to keep it at that and as opposed to it becoming, you know, 
uh, eight, nine, ten yards. And then one other thing that a lot of players, Malcolm Jenkins talked about this after the game. Um, Nigel Bradham touched on it a little bit. And then Doug Peterson talked about it um, yesterday in his press conference on Monday. The Giants went up-tempo on the Eagles, and I think that that really hurt them, and Malcolm Jenkins touched on this in the locker room at MetLife. It hurt them because the Eagles like to bring in a lot of sub-packages, particularly in the front seven, and if you're running tempo, it's harder to get those guys out on the field, and it's really difficult as a team that's not used to running up-tempo and running no huddle to do it effectively, but if you're a team like Minnesota who has a bye week and you think that you, you can spend a little bit of time preparing for the Eagles or or if you're a team that's looking to move to up-tempo once you get into the postseason, if you're going to implement that with the added benefit of keeping the Eagles' defense off balance and making it tougher to get their personnel groups on the field, that, that could be another Achilles heel for this team that they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with. But it's really difficult when plays are getting run 12, 13 seconds off of the uh, play clock or, 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 quick, or quicker than that. All right, guys, let's jump to Foles because, yeah, that's the other story of this game. Number one, the defense didn't play well. Two, they escaped, and they did obviously clinch at least a bye, and they look forward to try to get themselves home field advantage with another win or some help. But Nick Foles, Elliot, you mentioned earlier that it doesn't still doesn't look the part. I agree. I mean, he throws some balls that don't have a lot of zip to it. But he played well, and he threw four touchdowns, mm-hmm. and the offense continued to move. And I'll give you my take on the false thing before we, you guys give me what you think just moving forward with this offense. You know, you guys know I'm – look, I think Doug Peterson's coach of the year right there with Sean McVay. But, like, I was shocked on Sunday. The offense didn't really skip a beat. It didn't look as good at times. It didn't look as aesthetically pleasing. There's none of those wacky, crazy plays, and they couldn't move the fourth and one. Um, that usually is an easy went sneak. But – the, the results are the same. They scored 30 points. Like Doug Peterson's offense, it's just, it's a machine. Like it, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll, I think they'll continue to score points. I don't know if it'll be 30 every week, but, but I, I feel better about the offense that I did when Wentz went down. I feel like Doug's going to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, look, I think there was a noticeable difference between the level of quarterback play just because there was a lot of throws that um, Foles made that were, one late. I mean, he had one to the sideline that he threw, ended up being the double coverage to Alshon just because of how late the throw was. Um, he missed a couple guys. Uh, just He missed Alshon twice in the end zone. Um, he overthrew, I think it was Aguilar once badly. So there were definitely some accuracy issues with Foles. But I think what you saw was really Doug's you know, top point on his resume for coach of the year, just because the fact was there were guys wide open. And yes, the Giants defense is not good, and that's certainly worth noting, but Doug schemed it up really well to put Foles in a position to succeed. He didn't take advantage of all those opportunities, but you could see that the game plan Doug drew up was really good. And I'll take this a step further. If I'm the Giants and I'm watching that game, this is another reason for me to look into hiring John Filippo because Foles, even though he, as I've you know noted, he didn't, he wasn't great. He looked improved, and the fact that he was able to step in after not having a training camp at all, not really playing at all this season besides a few um, mop-up snaps and and blowouts, came in and still put up 30 points and threw four touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, the Eagles, how he invested in the coaching staff in terms of with an emphasis on quarterback, and I still don't think Foles is going to be good enough when it comes playoff time, but if I'm the Giants or I'm any team and I'm looking at what they were able to do with Foles, DeFilippo is a guy I got to consider for a head coach, and I think he will get consideration. But it is really impressive the job not only Doug has done, but the entire coaching staff in terms of getting that offense ready with, let's be honest, an average set of skill 
of skill uh, players. I mean, maybe slightly above average, but it's not like they have Julio Jones and guys like that. I mean, they might not have a single pro bowler besides Zach Ertz. So, you know, I, I think it's just incredibly impressive what Doug did and to get that team ready to play, you know, yeah, it was, it wasn't a blowout, but they did win the game. So I, I thought it was, a, it was definitely a good job by Doug. Yeah, quarterback play is probably last on my issues of worries right now. He did, Nick Foles didn't turn the ball over, didn't really come close to turning the ball over. Um, yeah, he missed some throws, but I think you expect that when you have a backup quarterback out there. And he threw four touchdown passes. So, uh, again, it's the Giants defense, so you take that for what it is. Landon Collins went out early, so that opened up the back end of the secondary a little bit. But the, if the Eagles lose a playoff game, I don't think it's going to be because Nick Foles didn't play well enough. I think it's going to be because the defense got leaky and they gave up far too many points. That just seems to be the way this thing is heading. But to point any blame at Nick Foles or to say that he didn't play well enough, I think that you have to remember this was the first week where he's seen any practice reps. It's his first game out there with a new look receiving core from anything that he's played with previously. And, you know, if, assuming they play the starters this week against the Raiders, they're going to have this full week of practice time. And they're going to have three weeks to prepare for a playoff game. So I think the quarterback was fine. I think he was adequate. And I think that you can win playoff games with Nick Foles if he plays the way he did against the Giants. The defense just has to be better to make that happen. Well, all right, let me I disagree. I still think quarterback is the biggest concern to me because even though the defense isn't playing well, well what did no you see on Sunday that made you feel that way? That's what I'm trying I saw, to get, get I, to the root right, of I, well, what I'm saying is, all right, I agree that the defense played worse than Foles did, but I still think come playoff time, you're going to need a quarterback that's better than didn't lose it for you. You need a, You're going to need a quarterback that's going to win it for you. And I didn't see a quarterback in Foles capable of doing that. I know that he had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. I get that. But I think we can also all agree that when he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, he was not as good as those numbers indicate. And I think that was the case this past Sunday. So, look, they very well could lose a shootout like 35-31 in the playoffs or something like that. And I agree. Agree the defense is also a major issue. Oh, wait, he brought him back from down twenty-eight to seven. He brought him back well, later in the game. Twenty to seven. Well, twenty to seven. Yeah, but right. I misspoke. Right. Twenty, but still, he brought them back from twenty Against to one seven. Of the first teams in the league. Just throwing that out there. Regardless, I'm just saying this. You need a quarterback that's going to make plays on his own. And I didn't think. I just didn't think. I didn't think Foles looked like a playoff caliber quarterback on Sunday. I just didn't. I don't care what the stats say. My eye test showed me that he wasn't playing well. And I think. I mean, honestly, sitting in that press box for the first half, I think everyone seemed to agree. I mean, everyone was agreeing Foles wasn't playing well. And I know his final numbers. You know, they they are what they are. But quarterbacks win in the playoffs. That's where you need your quarterback. And the Eagles don't have one. And I didn't see, I didn't see, like, I'm not saying Foles has to be perfect and he could improve against the Raiders and and I'll change my mind, but I still haven't seen, I still don't see the fact that Foles is the guy that's going to win in the playoffs. The defense is a concern, but Foles to me is still the top reason. I don't think this team's going to win the Super Bowl. In my opinion. So I think if the Eagles are going to win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, something has to be great that's not Nick Foles. And right. I, I agree. The easiest, the easiest thing we could lean on or thought we could lean on last week was the defense. That now feels shaky. So I've kind of circled back and saying, maybe it's got to be Doug Peterson. I mean, I agree with you, Elliot. He doesn't look the part. The throws aren't like crisp, mm-hmm. but yet they're scoring 30 points. Like, I, I just wonder if this offense, and you, Elliot, you mentioned there were guys, there were more open guys. They, they might have left points on the field. I right. know the Giants stink. I just – I'm watching the game setting. I'm like, how many points a game is this offense really built to put up? And it feels like they could really score 30, 35 a game just with competence at quarterback. That's pretty amazing. It is amazing. And, I mean, look, if Doug, Doug – I mean, maybe Doug is the reason they advance to the, to the Super Bowl, which is kind of – How about that storyline Yeah, right I was there. about to say. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say, like, think about – 
the statement I just made based off what we're reviewing this guy even after week one of this year. So, I mean, that is crazy to say. But, again, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but at the end of the day, when the playoffs come, I mean, remember in 2013 when the Eagles went to the playoffs with Nick Foles? They went in as kind of the same team they are now. Nick Foles was playing well coming off of Sunday, even though I don't think he played that great, but he was still viewed as not a weakness. He was viewed as maybe even the potential franchise quarterback. They were viewed, and then the defense wasn't playing great. They had the home playoff game. What happened? I know the special teams hurt them in that game, and Foles left with the lead, quote-unquote, but what happened was they played a team with a better quarterback in Drew Brees, and they lost. And when the Eagles had Wentz, they were only going to line up against one or two teams in the NFL that had a better quarterback, and that was going to be in the Super Bowl. Now, when they play that playoff game, I can almost guarantee they'll be lining up against a team with a better quarterback. And to me, that's still the biggest issue this team has. All right, let's wrap with this, guys. Doug Peterson, Matt, before the show, we were talking a little bit about Doug and, and how he might approach the game Monday night. And I'm, I know you guys will probably do a preview pod, but just quick thoughts now based on what Doug said on Monday. So the Eagles have clinched a bye. No matter what the last two games, even if they lose them both, they're the NFC East champs. They have a home playoff game. They have a bye. If they win one of these last two games, they are guaranteed the number one seed in the NFC. And that could actually be done for them if Minnesota loses Saturday night before the Eagles take the field Monday night. Uh, Minnesota plays Green Bay. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. But so there's a, a possibility, Matt, that the Eagles could take the field Monday with nothing to play for for their final two games. How do we think Doug's going to approach playing time? Let's just keep it for this week and, and kind of resting, not resting for this week. Yeah, sitting in that auditorium yesterday at the Novacare Complex, it really didn't sound like Doug Peterson has any designs on resting the starters this week. I think the starters are going to play on Christmas night. And in a lot of ways, especially on offense, I think you have to. You need to give Nick Foles those reps with Jeffrey, with Ertz, um, with the trio of running backs in the backfield. I think there's, there's reason to play them against Oakland. But I would not, given the fact that you have Nate Sudfeld as a backup quarterback who's never taken a snap in the NFL, I would not play the starters for even one play against the Dallas Cowboys next week. But I'd play them against the Raiders. I think Peterson's plan is to play them against the Raiders on Christmas night. And I think it's the right move, whether you have home field locked up or not. That's a tough one for me because I completely agree with your point that you do not want to go into – I mean, look, I just said I didn't think Foles was good enough in the playoffs. He's through four touchdowns. So you do not want to go into a playoff game with Nate Sudfeld as your quarterback. That being said, I do think there's a legitimate worry of with this team not getting a ton of reps together with Foles at quarterback in-game. And I think in general, even if they would have had Wentz and he would have played all 16 games – you still are worried about the fact that they're taking a week off and then you're coming into a playoff game that, I mean, the bottom half of the NFC, in my opinion, is better than the top. I mean, the Eagles and the Vikings are the top two seeds, but, you know, the Panthers are heating up, the Falcons are heating up. Like, there are teams that you that could come into the link absolutely red hot, and that is a concern. So I do think that I, I would sit them, but if Doug decides to play them and Foles gets hurt, I'm not sure I'm going to rip him as much as other people will because I do think there is a legitimate reason to play the players. And what's the legitimate reason? Well, because, one, I think you want to remain hot. You want to get Foles more reps. And taking two complete weeks off in between games are – Okay, I'm not saying you're saying you're including the bye in the two complete weeks, right? You're not including. Right, I'm saying if if Foles' last game is against the Raiders, he'll not he'll you know he won't play from Christmas night till January 14th, and he he's already not played you know majority of this season. So I do think there's a legitimate reason. I if it were me, I would sit them 
But I think Doug, and look, we just talked about Doug might be coach of the year. If Doug feels this team needs more reps and he feels the best option is to play them, I mean, what can you, like, if Foles gets hurt, he gets hurt. I don't know what you can do, but Doug has to. Not play him. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I, mean like I, I wouldn't play him, but I'm just yeah. saying that if Doug does, I think there there is logic behind it. It's not playing Wentz in week 17 is what I mean. Like, Foles needs these reps at quarterback with the team in a live game. He just does. It's a tough one. It, it is. I mean, I understand both sides of it. And it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. I agree, with, I think, with both of you and, and kind of what Doug said. I expect Monday night, and regardless of what the situation is, he's going to play him. And then the big decision comes, um, I guess, on December 31st against the Cowboys and how much he plays those guys. We'll see. But the Eagles are one win away from clinching home field advantage. And uh, if they get that, well, two home games separates them from the Super Bowl, which is, is a pretty amazing thing, all things considered. Ellie, before we go, how are we doing with these uh, reviews? And, and how you doing with the just looked it up. Let, don't bring up the phone, Joe. It's just too soon. Um, so I'm still at, so we are at 332 reviews. Feeling good about that. Got a few good ones recently, which we'll read on the uh, Fan Friday this Friday. But 332 on our way to 500. And uh, we appreciate everyone that's, uh, that's done it. 332. It's looking good. All right, guys. Uh, Matt, as always, appreciate you doing this. Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody out there. Um, it's it's a great week, and we have an Eagles game to enjoy on uh, Christmas night, so that should be a lot of fun. That's right. Everyone out there, have a, a great holiday, and uh, and I'm sure you guys will uh, be bringing the coverage on Christmas evening as the Raiders come to town. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. Yep, and if you guys want to send me a new phone as a Christmas gift to ship it to the NovaCare, that's where my desk is, it would be uh, much appreciated. I imagine you're going to get a preview <laughs> from our, our other All right, everybody, have a great week. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you again soon right here on NJ.com. Yeah.